Welcome back, guys. I know I'm a two days late, but um, I've just had a rough week. If you hear screaming, it's the loudest kids outside. I'm actually going to turn my TV down because I'm watching 8 Mile. Um, and it's just been it's just been a crazy week. So I'm here by myself. No one's here uh, except for the dog who's literally just lazily snoring in an uncomfortable position. But that's beside the point. So today's case, we're actually going to talk about um, Andrea Yates. And I really don't like doing child cases, but I um, came to the conclusion that, you know, their stories need to be heard too. So I'm just going to suck them up and do them. So Andrea was born Andrea Pia Kennedy, and she was born on July 2nd in 1964 um, in Houston, Texas. Um, well, to that, um, I hope you have a miserable birthday today, Andrea, because it is your birthday. So I picked this case purposely and didn't upload it yesterday because I wanted to do it on your birthday. But I hope it's miserable. Anyway, she was the youngest out of five children or five siblings to Judah. I think it's Karen or it's Karen just spelled differently. Um, Kohler and her. She was a German immigrant, and her father's name was Andrew Emmett Kennedy, and his parents were born in Ireland. Andrea also was raised um, in a Catholic household. So Andrea Garrett, ugh, Andrea graduated from um, Milby High School in Houston, Texas, in 1982, and she was, you know, the she was the class valid Victorian. She was captain of the swim team, an officer in the National Honor Society, and Andrea also completed a two-year pre-nursing program at the University of Hudson, and she actually graduated from the University of Texas School of Nursing. So from the years of 1986 until 1994, she actually worked as a registered nurse at the University of Texas. So Andrea really seemed to have everything going for her. In the summer of 1989, she actually met a man named Russell, but he goes by Rusty, and that's who I'm going to refer to him as. And this man would eventually or later become her husband. And they actually met at the Sunscape Apartments because they were neighbors and they kind of just hit it off. Um, and I also saw it said in Texas two months, uh, her junior. So I don't know if that meant like her junior of like her still in like junior year of college or like junior year of work. It didn't really specify. I really don't know and I'm not going to lie to you guys. So soon, Rusty and Andrea, they actually had moved in together and they eventually settled down and they were married on April 17th in 1993. It is so weird because that's um, my kid's dad's birthday. And they actually announced that they would seek to have as many babies as nature, you know, allowed. Which, I mean, hey, do you. As long as you can financially do it, you'll be all right. Oh yeah, we're back to our normal podcasting where we go through their whole life story because I love doing that. So afterwards, they actually bought a four-bedroom house in ta- in the town of Friendswood. And in February of 1994, the couple actually had their first son, and his name was Noah. 
Shortly afterwards, Rusty had accepted a job offer in Florida, so Rusty, Andrea, and their son Noah, um, they decided to relocate to a uh, small trailer in Seminole, and the next, or two years later, they actually gave birth to their second son, and they named him John. So now it is four of them, Andrea, Rusty, Noah, and little John. Um, then by the birth, then they had given birth to their third son, and his name was Paul. And then at this time when they had Paul, they actually decided to settle back down in Houston, Texas, and they purchased a GMC motorhome. And following then later came their fourth son, and they named him Luke. Now, this is when um, Andrea had actually became very depressed. And now the media did try to allege that um, her condition was actually influenced by an extremist, by the extremist sermons of Michael Peter Warnonecki. And this man was a preacher, and he was the one who sold them the bus, um, the GMC. And her family actually became very concerned by the way she was, you know, captivated by his, um, or by the minister's words. And on that day of June 16th in 1999, Rusty actually walked in on his walked in and he found his wife Andrea shaking and chewing her fingers and the very next day after that she attempted to commit suicide by overdosing on pills so that's sad so after she committed suicide she was actually admitted to the hospital and she was prescribed antidepressants and eventually she was released from the hospital, but not um, after, I'm sorry, but no, um, but not after too long she was, after she was released, she actually begged her husband to let her die um, because she actually had held a kitchen knife up to her neck. So it seemed to me that she really wasn't taking her medication like she was supposed to be, but truthfully, that's just, you know, that's just what I said. I truthfully don't know. But she was, um, you know, still showing signs of her being suic- of her being suicidal. And that's when she was actually put back into the hospital. And at this time, she was actually given um, a mixture of medications, including, um, I'm going to try to pronounce this. Haldol or Hadol, which is a anti-psychotic uh, drug. Um, and her condition improved immediately after she was put on this antipsychotic. And she was prescribed, when she was prescribed to it, she was actually released. So after Andrea had gotten out, Rusty actually decided that the family needed to move And they ended up moving into a smaller house just basically for the sake of Andrea's, you know, her mental health. It wasn't the best. And temporarily, she seemed to be, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought.
Oh, she appeared to be stable. I mean, but in the in July of 1999, still that same year, Andrea actually had a nervous breakdown or two nervous break. Oh, I'm sorry, no, a nervous breakdown, and this kind of like triggered two suicide attempts this time and two psychiatric hospitalizations that summer. But at this time around, um, she was actually diagnosed with postpartum um, psychosis. And this is when she got her first psychiatric, or I'm not psychiatric, her first psychiatrist. And his, her name was Ellen, or Dr. Ellen Starbatch. And she, and she testified that she urged the couple not to have any more children as it would um, guarantee a future psychotic depression. But do you think the couple listened? No, no, sadly they didn't. Um, The couple, like I said, they didn't listen and they welcomed their fifth and final child. Now this one wasn't a boy. This was their only girl and her name was Mary. And this was about approximately seven weeks after they discharged her. Um, she actually stopped taking the hat all in March of 2000. And like I said, she gave birth to Mary on November 30th in 2000. Um, so yeah, there's that. And eventually she actually seemed to be coping pretty well until the death of her father on March 12th in 2001. She then stopped actually taking her medication she mutilated herself, and she read the Bible um, feverishly, which there's nothing wrong with reading the Bible. She also, for some reason, stopped feeding her youngest child. So, I mean, red flag. And Andrea had become so incapacitated that she actually required um, immediate hospitalization. And then on April 1st in 2001, she began, she came under the care of a new um, doctor, and his name was Dr. Mohammed Saeed. And she, you know, she was treated, and after that, she was released. So we can obviously see a clear pattern here, and it shows that Andrea Yates, she obviously didn't have the greatest, like, mental health, obviously. And it's clear to me that, like, nobody really took it serious and nobody took to get her help. Um, I'm going to touch back on it in a little bit because we're going to re-go, we're going to revisit it. And we're going to talk about what happened four weeks before after we talk about the tragic stuff that happened. So, yes, she went to hospital. She was put on medication. But, you know, I don't honestly think they ever seemed to work except for that hat all that for some reason... Dr. Mohammed Saeed kind of just like took her off. Don't know why. Um, My question is, you know, why didn't anybody request the children to live anywhere else? Why would they keep them with a mother who's obviously in and out of hospitals? And and, we got to talk. She's not stable. What are you doing out here in Daisy? Um, I'm not home alone anymore. Three different factions wanting a bounty on your fucking Um, head. Yeah. So I mean, like honestly, like I said, she stopped feeding her youngest. That would obviously be a huge red flag to me. Deadass. 
Um, but this is obviously just my theory. I survived. On May 3rd in 2001, Andrea degraded Bro, back to Dallas a near catatonic state and drew a bath in the middle of the day. Later, she actually confessed to police that she planned on drowning the children Not that about. day, but had decided against doing it that day for whatever reason. I mean, thank God she decided to not do it that day. I mean, probably not do it at all, but that day for some reason she didn't do it. And I don't know why. I couldn't find why. After, you know, that happened, she was hospitalized the next day after a scheduled doctor's visit. But her psychiatric, not psychiatric, her psychiatrist determined on that, that she was probably suicidal and that she filled the tub. Well, to that hasn't worked out very drowned well. Drowned herself. Lately, so they, her psychiatrist, was like, yeah, she didn't do it to basically kill her kids. She did it to kill herself because Andrea over here is suicidal. Crazy psychiatrist. Three different factions want you. Um, Andrea, you know, she continued to be under Dr. Saeed's, um, care until June, um, 20th of 2001. And when Rusty actually left for work that day, Andrea was going to be alone. Everything about that? Um, with all five kids. And we all know she's already a harm to herself, right? And she planned to kill the children before. And she, you know, told the police this before. Um, and like I said, thankfully she went against it. So here's my so question like to Gabby Rusty. Rusty. Jokes. Why would else? you leave her unsupervised? Which, keep this in mind, Dr. Saeed said that she was not, it was basically, how do I put it? She Basically she needed to be supervised. She could not be around the children unsupervised at all. She needed to be watched all around the clock. Well, then maybe it's not. But him. that I'm didn't happen. It could be. Now, Rusty's mother, Dora Yates, had been scheduled to arrive an hour later um, to take over for Andrea. But in that hour, she was alone. That small time frame, okay? It was too late. Andrea had drowned all five children. And first, she started with the youngest son. Um, and after she would drown the boys, she would take them from the bathtub and she would put them in their master bedroom on the bed and then she would cover them up. She did the same thing to her six month old daughter, Mary. Three different teams. Yes. But for some reason, she didn't put Mary in the bed well, with we don't have a the boys base. and I'm not sure why. Any rope offense? Um, she kind of just left her dead body floating in the water or the bathtub. Now her oldest son, Noah, who is seven, walked in and basically asked his mother what, you know, what's wrong with Mary. And I'm going to assume she didn't really answer him, but it didn't really take long for Noah to realize like what was actually happening. And when he realized what was happening, he wanted to get the fuck out of there. So he ra- tried to run away from his mother, but his mother yeah, chased him around the house. Full eight-man faction. And then I'll she dragged him back. 
and then proceeded to drown Noah in the bathtub next to his dead sister. That's terrible. Oh, there's a bounty on my head, too. Now, there's no evidence. There's a bounty um, on my head for 15000 That any of the children were, you know, drunk. Nobody knows yet, but somebody put one online for 15000 The next thing she did was she actually called the police and cryptically I'm said, it right now. There's nothing it's for, time. Uh, there's a $20,000 I mean, uh, bounty on Mamba. Could you? So Dallas now has another. No, they just put a new one. Could you just imagine being the dispatcher that day and being like, Getting that call and you're going. Oh no, that one's that one expired. I'm sorry. Nine one one police or nine one one dispatch. How can I help you? Or what's the emergency of your? Uh, it looks like maybe there was one. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't. I don't know how to do a dispatcher. Um, no, I think this is a different one because the one from last week. Could went you away just already. imagine getting that cryptic thing saying it's time? Like it's time for what? I honestly would think like, lady, you're crazy. But hey, I don't know. I couldn't. So next she called her husband, her husband, Rusty, who was, um, who works as an 80,000, um, year, like a year computer expert for the space shuttle and vehicle engineering office of NASA. So he made good Twisted money. Twisted swerve. Cause he placed worked. a bounty on fat boy McLovin for 15,000. He worked for swerve. NASA. Andrea quote said, "It's this dude. You All better right, come home." And I was talking shit on that's him what in the, Rusty recalls. His wife telling him, and Rusty, you know, Rusty asked his wife, "Is anyone hurt?" Because he was hey, very alone. I don't care. I can log. I cannot log into that server for the next week and, and have him waste his time on that. She down. replied with a simple yes. The children, all of them. Until her breakdown, uh, Andrea, you know, seemingly had a spotless record as a daughter, sister, wife, and mother. Now, like I said, I do want to backdate a little bit. Um, on June 18th, oh, I got something on my paper. On June 18th, um, there are actually social workers who were involved. No, mine's ours. Um, and her name was Norma Tunerick. I'm probably I'm or sure Taranik. I'll probably, probably fall off here shortly. More than likely pronouncing that name wrong, but the best thing is that I'm trying. So, will this smell good? Um, she described Andrea as unwilling or not able to identify any recent life stressors, yeah. and I put that in like air quotes, even though you can't see me. Um, Rusty, you know, he was clearly aware of his wife's problems. Um, but he was actually, or he actually seemed com- pretty comfortable. Um, and he basically just chalked it up to, it was just a postpartum thing. Like, yes, it could, postpartum could have had a depression, could have had a big thing. But you really don't, people who have the postpartum depression, some people really go through it. Thankfully, I never did. Now, Norma noted um rusty's concerned that his wife was just basically struggling with um a concept of salvation um she also found or noted their living arrangements very questionable because this was the time when they were living back on that gmc bus and the social worker basically the social worker herself called um the texas child protective um services um abuse hotline on june 23rd and basically reported how they were living and how the father so rusty 
let his three-and-a-half-year-old son play with a power drill. I mean, after seven days um, of her complaint, a man named Dave Wilbur, CPS supervisor level two, wrote and basically thanked her for con her concern, but since the situation really didn't appear to have any abuse or neglect, they just really didn't push the matter because CPS sucks, even back in the old days. Um, which, you know, is mind-blowing um, to me because I don't know anybody who lets a three-and-a-half-year-old play with so. a power drill rise up or one of your tier three badges. as a toy. I mean, I wouldn't even let my kids play with a power drill, but hey, each to their own, I guess. Um, now, this letter actually had been forwarded to the Houston Police Department because they had, you know, jurisdiction in such of this matter. Norma actually had jotted on the note at the bottom of the CPS letter, and it said, Important, please place in the chart of Andrea Yates. Now, this letter actually laid dormant in her file until the murders. So somebody wasn't doing their job. So now I said we're going to talk like four weeks um, before the murders. And like I said, Dr. Saeed had taken her off of her hat all, which I'm still trying to figure out why. But I guess everybody has their own. You want to turn up? So after 10 more days in the hospital and seven days of PHP, Andrea was discharged. Family members say that two weeks before the murder, Saeed, like I Who? said, had taken her off the haddle. He actually testified at her grand jury hearing, but he never commented to the press. So they asked um, her brother, Brian, what do you think about Mr. Emotional? Um, Andrea's brother, Brian Kennedy, 45, asked me. He was referring not kindly to Rusty. He said, quote, I couldn't sit there in court behind my wife or girlfriend or someone that I loved and not touch them, not talk to them. He shook his head. I remember looking into Andrea's eyes when I saw her two weeks before it happened. It was like looking into a mirror and seeing my own eyes. Brian paused. I'm the black sheep of the family. When they talk about the brother with mental issues that or mental illnesses, that's me. I'm bipolar. The first to get arrested, the first to do drugs. You know, the troublemaker. Another um what? another sibling suffers from depression, as did Andrea's father. I played like one game this morning. The family medical history notes um had some alcoholic problems and Brian actually told them that his mother Lived um, through World War II in Germany, and she didn't come out unscathed. We played She's basically a small, grandmotherly woman with thinning white hair who wears a crucifix around her neck. And every day of the hearing, she sat in the row behind her daughter using a small burgundy lower back it's pillow for, her, for support. It's no wonder she looked um, so shell-shocked in six months' time that she had lost her husband, five grandchildren, and a daughter, which that poor freaking lady. By the time um, Andrea killed the children, she uh, apparently believed Satan was inside her, and he, you know, basically damaged her children. According to a man named Steve, um, 
Rubenezer, a Harris County forensic psychologist who interviewed her, she believed um, that after the drownings, the children would go to paradise. George W. Bush, who she believed um, was still governor of Texas, would see to e- would see to her execution, where she had failed to kill herself. Um, Excuse me. The government would not. So each of us sees, you know, Yates. This guy's name case is Bullies R Us, and he averages three point six. In our own issues, the death penalty, children's rights, women's rights, men's rights, rights of the mentally ill, religious rights, or just plain out righteous. I'm at eighteen five. What people forget is that they have never been psychotic, nothing in the normal, or even neurotic. Mine lays the groundwork for organizing reasonable thought around such unreasonable acts. Now, over the course of the unusually long for a Texas, you know, hearing, it took eight and a half hours of deliberation. The jury panel um, basically unanimously voted her competent to stand trial. As the jurors were visibly disturbed, they exited the courtroom and Andrea patted her lawyer on the back, automatically consoling. What a verdict. What verdict are we hoping for? She basically was overheard asking. On March 18th in 2000, Andrea Pia Yates, she was 37 years old, was formally sentenced to life in prison for drowning three of her five children. Oh, broke his ankles. And she will not be eligible for parole for 40 years. Now... That actually um, happened, but there is a huge twist in this case. Let me find it. <laughs> now... Like I said, she did confess to drowning her children. Are they hot? Hmm? Are they hot? Not to me. Okay. Um, she actually told a doctor named Michael that she waited for her husband to leave that morning before pre-filling the bathtub because she knew that if she pre-filled the bathtub while her husband was still there, he would have basically prevented her from harming... Um harming the children and when the police came they actually found the dog locked up oh, my matchup just quit and rusty told like advised michael that it had normally been allowed to run free and you know he was free when he left the house that morning and according to the psychiatrist to conclude that she was locked in a cage it basically they say the dog was locked up because andrea felt that if the dog saw her Causing harm to the children, they believe the dog would have attacked. So she locked him up to prevent it, for the dog to prevent or intervene with her hurting them. Now, the defense's expert's testimony agreed that uh, Andrea was psychotic. And Texas law requires that in order to successfully um, assert the insanity defense, the defendant must prove that he or she could not disconcern right from wrong at that time in the crime. And like I said, in March of 2000, the jury actually rejected that insanity defense. (laughs) Found her guilty, like we talked about. 
Now they had the chance to give her the death penalty, <laughs> but the jury actually refused that option. And um, 40 years. I know he's mad. But her thing was changed. Um, on January 6th in 2005, a Texas court appeals actually reversed the convictions because Cal- um, the California psychiatrist and prosecution witness Dr. David um, Dr. Parker Dietz admitted that he had given material um, of a, like a false testimony during that trial. He stated that um, let me make sure who I'm. Dietz stated that shortly before the killings, well, our a, and our second quit. An episode of Law and Order had aired All featuring a woman quit. who drowned her children, and she was actually acquitted of murder by its the reason of insanity. An author named Suzanne O'Malley, who was covering the trial for Oprah magazine. Whoops. He broke my pen. broke the pen. My bad. Um, Oprah magazine, she actually had been a pre, um, previously been a writer for the Law and Order and immediately reported that there was no such episode that existed. The court... Um, held that the jury may have been influenced by his false testimony and that thus a new trial would have to be necessary. On January 9th in 2006, Thank Andrew again entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. It double pumped on me and everything. And a month later, February 1st, she was granted release on bail on the condition that she be admitted, admitted to the mental health treatment facility. And then a couple months later, so July 26th in 2000, <laughs> yeah. after three days of deliberations, Andrea was actually found not guilty by the reason of insanity. And as defined by the state of Texas, she was therefore committed to North Texas State Hospital, which is a Vernon campus. And in January 2007, Andrea was moved to a low-security state mental hospital in Kernville, Texas. Those um, those psychiatrists for both the Texas state prosecutors and Andrea's defense lawyers agreed that she was severely mentally ill with one of the several um, psychotic diseases at the time she killed her children. The state of Texas asserted (laughs) that she was, by legal definition, a aware enough um to judge her actions as right or wrong despite her mental defect the prosecution further implied spousal revenge as motive for the killings despite the conclusion of defense experts that there was no evidence to support uh basically to support such a motive although the original jury believed that she was legally aware of her actions they disagreed that her motive was spousal revenge in the jury um, in 2006, completely disagreed with the prosecution's assertions. I could literally assertions. Not score the whole rest of the game and already have my average. And her conviction from 2002 was <laughs> basically overturned. Andrea was bulimic during her teenage years. She also suffered de- from depression. And at the age of 17, she apparently spoke to a friend about suicide. And while in prison, Andrea stated that she considered killing the children for two years adding that they thought she was not a good mother and claimed that her sons were developing improperly. She told her jail psychiatrist, quote, 
It was the seventh deadly sin. My children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. The way I was raised, <laughs> the way I was raising them. I think I'm done scoring. They could never be saved. They were doomed <laughs> to perish in the fires of hell. She also told her jail psychiatrist that Satan influenced her children and made them more disobedient. <gasps> now, we're going to talk about fucking Russell over here. Now, Russell, um, he he stood by his wife's side. Kudos to him. I, I don't know how he did it. Now, according to his a testimony in 2006, Dr. Saeed advised Rusty, you know, obviously, like I said, not to leave her unattended. He did. So... We, can we blame Andrea? Absolutely. 110% she's the one who did it. But also, should we blame Rusty? Yes. Because you didn't listen to her doctor's orders when she wasn't supposed to be unsupervised with the children. Personally, I believe that if she wasn't unsupervised, I believe these babies would still be here. Um, and everything would be... Fine, but that's just me. Now, her brother, Brian, who I was talking about earlier, um, he actually told Larry King on broadcast of CNN's Larry King Live that Rusty expressed him in 2001 while transporting her to a treatment facility that all depressed people need a swift kick in the pants to get them motivated. Mm -hmm. That's a little off-putting. Her mom also expressed shock when she heard, you know, um, when she heard of Rusty's plan while at the <laughs> gathering with them, saying that she wasn't stable enough to take care of the children, which no one's saying, I mean, obviously she really wasn't. She actually, her mom actually noted that her daughter demonstrated that she wasn't right in her mind when she nearly choked her still toothless, uh, choked her still toothless infant daughter, Mary, by trying to feed her solid food. If you're a parent, you know you can't feed your child solid foods until I think my my youngest was like four or five months. Oh no, not solid. That was for purees. I'm lying. You need to, they need to at least have teeth. No, you straight. According to authors, um, Susie Spencer and that Susan lady, they investigated Andrea's story in great detail, and it was during a phone call that Dr. Saeed made Rusty during the news or breaking news of the killings that he first learned that she was not being supervised full-time. Remember her first uh, psychiatrist, Dr. Starbatch? Um, she's, she said she was in, you know, shock. She was shocked um, to disbelief that when Andrea expressed that a desire to discontinue her medication so that she could become pregnant again during an office visit with them. And, that's when she was like, you shouldn't have any more children. Apparently the patient husband, you know, like I said, they will have as many babies as they allow. So, yeah, they didn't listen to anybody. Let me make sure I have enough time. Oh, yeah, we have plenty of time. All right. Now, Susan O'Malley highlighted Russell Yates' <clears throat> or Rusty, con um, continuing the sense of unreality regarding of having more than one child. During the trial, he successfully maintained 
the position that Andrea would be found innocent and he had fantasies of having more children with her after she was successfully treated in a mental health facility and released on the proper medication. He yep. worked his way through um, various fixes Why? for their damaged lives, such as a surrogate, motherhood, and adoption. Horrifying Andrea's family attorneys in the Hudson Psychiatrics My. or psychiatrists well, before giving right. into reality. I didn't know how long you would be. So he and, really didn't give a damn about his wife. And in all honesty, he just wanted. I don't think this game is going to really last long. He just wanted her to pop out babies, and he didn't give a damn. But you're right. I apologize. Now, medical uh, medical community. <gasps> no, it, Rusty no, they contended did not. that they as a psychiatrist, Doctor um, Saeed was actually responsible for recognizing and properly treating his wife's psychosis. Not a medically untrained person like himself. He also compl- I'm not shoot- complained that despite his urgings I'm to not check the her medical more. records for prior treatment, Dr. Saeed had refused to continue her remagen of her antipsychotic um, haddle. Um, the treatment that actually had worked for her for, since her first breakdown in 1999. So we can kind of blame, the, we can blame the doctor as well. Because if he wouldn't have ever taken that off, sh- I think she would have been okay. I was going to say, because if you got a good standing dunk, I'll throw you an oop while you're standing there. she actually, um, it was actually added that she was too sick um, to be released um, from her last stay in the hospital of May 2001. And he noticed that the staff lowered their heads in shame and embarrassment of basically turning away without saying a word. The hospital had no other choice due to a 10-day psychiatric hospitalization insurance constraints um, from their provider which was Blue Cross and Blue Shield, subcontracted by mm. <laughs> I can't pronounce that word. What's this one? I don't know, Magdalene. Magdalene Health Services. All right. Um. So yeah, Rusty basically. Um, <clears throat> Blamed the doctor. Um, and let me make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, he said that it was a medical accountability network of homicidal identification. And it was a warning label. Um, it was added to the warning label of antidepressant drugs as a rare adverse event in 2005. Andrea said that she had been taking um, the max, which was 450 milligrams, twice the recommended maximum dose for a month before killing her children. Dr. Dolan reviewed Andrea's um, medical record at the request of her husband. A doctor named Lucy, an expert witness hired by Andrea's defense team, countered that their contention regarding the administration of her antidepressants, saying the dosages prescribed by Dr. Saeed are not uncommon in practice and had nothing to do with her regiment um, psychosis. She suggested rather than her psychosis returned as a result of the um, Haddle having been discontinued by her doctor two weeks earlier. 
The oral form of that takes four to six days to discontinuate to reach a terminal plasma level of under 1.5% of a medical strand oh. or standard for complete elimination of a drug from the body. So, yep. Now, let's talk about this lady, or let's talk about that preacher who sold them the bus, who his family actually thought she kind of took the stuff a little too far. Now, ain't no way. He was a traveling preacher who Rusty meant while attending Auburn University um, bears some responsibility for the death, for the deaths oh, due to his fire and brimstone message. Up. In certain teachings found in his newsletter, the perilous times that they had received on occasion in which was entered into evidence at trial. But, however, both Rusty and Michael reject these accusations. Rusty said that his family's relationship with um, Michael um, was not that close and that Michael did not cause her delusions. Michael maintained that his correspondent with them was with the intention of helping them strengthen their marriage and find the love that he says his own family found in Jesus. You got it to work? Both men agreed that alleged connection between this message and her mental state was nothing more than a media-created fiction. And the Yates were allowed to have as many children as they wanted, even though she was mentally ill. And, um, guys, that basically... Oh, nope, I'm sorry. I just found the uh, transcripts between Andrea and the 911 dispatch. So the call starts as this. Dispatcher, what's your name? Andrea Yates. What's the problem? Um, I just need him to come. Is your husband there? No. Well, what's the problem? I need him to come. I need to know why we're coming, ma'am. Is he there standing next to you? No. She? Pardon me? Are you having a disturbance? Are you ill or what? Um, yes, I'm ill. Do you need an ambulance? No. I need a police officer. Yes. Send an ambulance. Yo, why does this person feel my profile? Um, what's the problem? Um, hello? I just need a police officer. Whoa! I could not... I feel so bad for these ba- I felt so, so bad for these babies. I mean, I hope um, Andrea gets the help that she needs. I really wish she didn't just, like, stop taking her medication. But you can't make someone take medication they don't want to do. Um, um, so she can actually, okay, so we already know that they said no to the death penalty. They voted for life imprisonment, but at the age of 77, which is the year of 2041, 
Andrea Yates over here will be eligible for parole. And if she has nothing, no outbursts, nothing wrong, I think nine times out of ten, I think they're going to give her parole and she's going to be released and then hide your kids. Because she's one scary bitch. Um... I will have to find how she's actually doing in the hospital. I'm also just trying to figure out how she was only charged with three and not all five of the killings. Which is sad. But guys, I think... Ooh, that was a good case. Well, not good, but it was a long case. We needed that. We needed that after freaking Jeffrey Dahmer. I think we're going to do Ted Bundy next. Hoorah. So, what are you looking at? <laughs> this is why you're making me nervous. Yeah, I make you nervous. You do. So, um, that's it for Andrea Yates. You can follow the Instagram. You already know it. You can send a Gmail that I am thinking about switching. I think I'm going to switch it to my iCloud. So we can do that. Follow the Facebook group. Mm, what else am I missing? Oh, the YouTube. You can follow that as well. Um, the TikTok. You can rate. Um, but I'm going to eat. I'm going to hop off here and I'm going to eat because I'm hungry. And yeah, that's it. But if if you ever have a mental problem, guys, he's not him. Give your child. It's okay to give them to somebody temporarily. It's okay to ask for help. Um, even if you're postpartum depression. I only know one person in my life personally who struggled with postpartum really bad. She reached out to me. Now I don't like her, and when I see her, I kind of want to punch her in the face, but that's a different story. Um, I told her to give her daughter to somebody because she had thoughts of hurting herself and her child. But she ended up getting the help that she needed and all of that. So it's okay to ask for help. And that's where we're going to end this case. And we're going to do Ted Bundy because I'm about to get off here, recall my children, and tell them goodnight, and then I'm going to eat. That's all. Bye.